You feel stupid, but you really shouldn't because proving an AI is exactly as problematic as you said it would be. What was the real test? You. Ava was a rat in a maze, and I gave her one way out. To escape, she'd have to use self-awareness, imagination, manipulation, sexuality, empathy, and she did. Now, if that isn't true AI, what the fuck is? Clearly something's up with him. What's the deal? What do you think the deal is? David, don't waste my time. Is this kid the next big thing? Some Asperger's cousin of yours ready to get all goodwill hunting on coding and change the world? Welcome to Doubled Feature. It's not getting any better. <laughs> Welcome to Doubled Feature, the podcast about twin films. I'm Dan. I'm Matt. I, I, I had a double start because <laughs> my throat's like scratchy or something. Not, it, not feeling bad. Don't have oh, COVID. I was going to ask if it was monkeypox. Oh, well, hopefully not. I don't know. Um, I smoked a cigar the other day, which I don't usually do. So maybe that fucked me up. Ew. I don't know. Yeah, it was gross while I was doing it. It, was, it felt gross after. Say, did you feel? Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? I mean, the act isn't terrible. It's not something I'd ever pick. But I don't know if I've ever. Um, it's hard to turn down when a man offers you a suck on a bone. You know? Uh, no, I don't. Because it's I find it very easy to turn down sucking on bones. Mm. Not real bones. Weird. I suck on those all the time. Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't. Ribs. He's eating ribs right now. I don't like cigars. Yeah, I don't like cigars either, but and I, you know, if I really like think about it, I don't know if I've ever enjoyed a cigar. Yeah, me. I mean, it's something that like I'm not even to the level on to like understand how one enjoys it. Like when, like I didn't like cool drinks. Like the thought of sipping a whiskey was just like so foreign to me that I couldn't even imagine why. They're like, oh no, you're supposed to just mix Jack Daniels with Coke and that's what you drink. It's it tastes good. Yeah. So like I'm not even to the point where I could like fathom becoming a guy who knows about cigars. Yeah. It's a whole new world out there. But hey, more power to him, cigar guys. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that's not my yum. Yeah. Yeah. Because I find it to be I find it to be yuck. Yeah. Oh, so you've yucked. (laughs) I don't give a shit. Max. Yeah. We missed an episode last. Oh, how's it? uh, Oh, fuck. I forgot we had a thing for this. Yeah. Someone's at the door. Hello. Come in. Oh, yeah. It's me. uh, Housekeeping. Hello. Uh, Just kidding. It was Dan on the other side of the door doing housekeeping. Yeah, we missed an episode last week. We did. You're traveling. I'm traveling. Had just a bunch of stuff. Uh, Very busy. Uh, I, I will, we will share with d- you, dear listener, or the four people that listen to us regularly, uh, exactly more about that once it's fully all set up and stuff, but was traveling, had a bunch going on, just very mentally tired. You, uh, <laughs> you took 10 seconds to say, I'm not telling you anything. Yeah. Well, that I will. Teeing up that at one point you'll tease it. something. There's stuff going on. There's things in the works, but... Not podcast stuff at all. Don't expect anything to get better on this end. There might be some new stuff. (laughs) Might get worse. It might. (laughs) Uh, Might get delayed more. Yeah. 
But we um, had a nobody took me up on my offer of um to do an episode pay, for a dollar. Yeah, you can pay me a dollar a minute for a personalized episode about the uh the last movie I watched at whatever time I uh respond to your uh request. But oh, we should do you think I mean no, that's not there. But we I'm you know what? I'm gonna set up a cameo mm-hmm. for that. And that they can choose either one of us, and yeah, it's a do- variable dollar a minute, and then I will we will send you a cameo of a personalized review of whatever the last movie we watched at the time of responding to the cameo. Yeah, and no one will do it, but you know what? There's no harm in making it. Yeah, I mean, go for it. I don't know if you're allowed to just join cameo. I think you have to. Oh, can we do like Fiverr? I guess. I mean, we could just stick with. The- the Venmo thing. I don't see <laughs> or Venmo. I just you know so that there's an actual account out there. Who knows? Because then some like stranger might just like stumble upon it and be like, "Oh, this seems funny," and you know huh. we might make a couple bucks off that. Yeah, we can know. take maybe, each other out for ice cream or something. Maybe they've, maybe they've laxed on uh, what it takes to join cameo because like real like non celebrity people will get like requests to join cameo, but like. I think you have to have something going on. I think you can't just be a guy. What is this? What do we, we got this podcast going on? What are you talking about? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If it's laxed enough that we're allowed on for a podcast, then we'll join. Yeah. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll figure out whatever the best platform for that is. We'll put it up there, see if we don't make like $2, even yeah. as, if it's just a joke. You can see us in HD, bro. And you can record it on our phones, dude. I'll do it from the shitter at work. You can buy a bunch of gumballs. Um, yeah, so we got that going on. Uh, but what have you been watching, Max? It's been a while. It's uh, been two fucking weeks. So one thing that I need to finish watching, so this is like barely even, I'm just going to say that I started watching it and I liked it, was uh, was it The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the Nicolas Cage movie? Yeah. Started watching it on the plane. Plane ride was not long enough for me to finish it. I've got about 45 minutes left. I'll get back to that eventually. It's a good movie. Uh, but something that I did watch from start to finish is the Uncharted movie. Oh, uh, yeah. With Tom Holland and uh, known uh, hate crime committer Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and couldn't, couldn't make a movie less for me. Let, about let video me... games. It's a CGI goop fest in the style of Marvel. It's it is got a goop fest. Two actors I don't like, and the problem is it didn't need to be a goop fest. Yeah, nothing does. They just that's how they make them all. Found myself the entire time we were watching it, just thinking about how Tom Cruise would have been doing all of these things practically. He's the last great movie star. Yeah, he is. Um, but I, I put it in my letterbox review that it did the watching the film effectively made me want to play the games less. Yeah. Um it's not good. There's like it's just it's so just flim it just it feels like it's just like I don't know. Held together by hot glue. Right. Flimsy ass plot. Uh yeah, some I mean, of the that, action that movie sequences, came out and nobody watched it or liked it. Yeah. So it seems like you're <laughs> you're a little late to dunk on this oh, movie. I, that I'm not I even trying to widely. dunk on it. It was just like it was on Amazon for like a five dollar rental, so um yeah, it's just some of the set pieces were kind of cool. They did this like really weird thing decision making wise to make 
the main antagonist comes off just as like a blathering buffoon the entire time. Like the first, when you're introduced to her, uh, Mark Wahlberg's like, if you see that, you know, whatever her name is, uh, just turn the other direction and run away. And then the first time we see her do anything, she is just proven to be incompetent immediately. And is just kind of like falling over her feet to be one step behind our and our protagonists. And I'm not saying that they're one step ahead of her. She's literally one step behind them. Like it's her own doing that she's failing this bad. And then, but the movie fully wants you to think that she's like a threat the entire time. It's well, just she not. thinks they're using some sort of chart, like a map or something. Yeah, but they're she's, not. Right. And that's the thing. They're com- they've completely gone. They've gone off the charts. She's playing checkers. They're playing chess. Yeah. All right. <sighs> She's playing speaking, like speaking single of, single player we're not checkers. Ready to it's get like, into it. This would be a great transition, though. <laughs> speaking of chess, a bad movie with chess in it. <laughs> we're not there yet. Uncanny. Oh, the movie we watched. Oh yeah, a lot, oh, of, my lot God. of chess in that movie. There was a lot of chess in that movie. What have you watched? What's one thing you've watched? Uh, Give me one. I watched a good movie. Yeah, you did. The Phantom of the Open. Okay. This is a brand new movie, just out of theaters. Um. Man, this is a just a. I love to talk about all the guys I like, all the British guys that I like, especially Sally Hawkins. I'm always saying how much I like Sally Hawkins being in movies. I do like Sally Hawkins. She, she's one of the main characters in this. Uh, great movie. It's it's about the real life British Happy Gilmore. He's just like a random guy who didn't know how to play golf who joined uh the British Open. Okay, and like played the worst round in history and then like throughout his life was mad he wasn't allowed back in and like kept joining again like literally wearing fake mustaches and stuff and using fake names uh but it's mark rylance plays the guy he's awesome sally hawkins is awesome uh it's written by simon barnaby who's a british guy i love uh and it's directed by uh the kid from submarine who was also he was the suicide cop in um enemy not enemy the other one with enemy the double okay what's his name craig roberts i have no idea well, uh just craig a, roberts. just a feel-good movie about a guy dealing with adversity it's a very cute mark rylance he's in love with his very cute wife sally hawkins uh just boy you're gonna have just a nice time watching this movie it's just make you feel good all right, I love it. It's a weird, really I, stupid name. I was gonna say I'm just, uh, I'm kind of surprised you watched it. I don't know. Yeah, so those not guys really, are like not really to watch on my, it. Not really on my radar at all. Yeah, we got different radars. And that's You're true. watching Uncharted. Hey, well, specifically, it was between that and Moonfall, so we flipped a coin. I mean, I'd way rather watch Moonfall. Moonfall looks good. We flipped a coin on it. What if the um, moon fell? <laughs> what we find out. So the other thing I watched, uh, and I'm not going to talk about all of them, uh, but there is the um, Etheria Film Festival. Uh, they make selections every year. It's all female filmmakers, um, and you can, I think, watch all of them. You can at least watch the last three years <laughs> this year included. Um, their official selections. They put them all up in like a little, um, um. Uh, bundle thing to watch 
I didn't watch the 2021s, but the 2020s were all pretty good. Um, you haven't said what this is yet. Is this like, what is it? The Ethereum Film Festival. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's a film festival of all female filmmakers. Oh, and their official not... their official selections that they put on Shutter in a little bundle. Are they all horror movies? Yeah. Oh. Horror sci-fi films. Um kind of like straddle the line. Some not all of them are like scary. Some of them lean more into like the sci-fi stuff, but um all sort of like horror themed. Um they've got a whole you can go look at their alumni section. Uh they've got a lot of people on there that have had um stuff with them before from previous years. Uh but we so watched that last night, their official selection thing. Uh there's some good ones. Uh there was a short that I legitimately think is the good version of Promising Young Woman. because uh, I did not like that movie. Um another one called Freya that was kinda cool about a like AI personal help thing, but like in the far future where it's like what if Siri was legitimately watching everybody's lives kind of big brother kind of shit um yeah i think i think you should check it out specifically there's one on there that is good for uh this episode called come fuck my robot which is, is ba- that the name of it yeah, oh, yeah that's the name of the short okay um, we watched two movies about that so yeah exactly so the yeah the short is called come fuck my robot um, it was directed by Mercedes Bryce Morgan based on a, there's a kind of infamous Craigslist post that was titled come fuck my robot. Just of this guy saying, basically, I need you to come fuck this robot I made. I can't do it myself. I'm basically it's dad. Uh, so the short is like this, uh, young sort of high school age kid loser showing up. And then the robot is just like a box with a pocket pussy in the middle of it but it like starts talking to it you know and then this one leans more into like the horror kind of thing so shit gets like buck wild i won't spoil anything about it i Um, mean you you lost it at some point but for a while there you were describing the plot of ex machina like yeah to a t Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's it's but if you've got some time you like short films there's seven of them in this year's selection um I think they're normally between like seven and nine. Um, I think they're all like worth checking out. I mean, from the years that I've watched, even the ones that are not that I find not to be great. Like you can tell there's like some some, like strong conceptualization there. They just kind of struggled to kind of put it all together or maybe they just could have taken like most of them. I come away thinking like, you know, if this was was made into a feature i would come back to it and see what they did with a more legitimate budget and time to work with some stuff um but yeah uh speaking of movies that are uh incomplete to some extent maybe have some promising ideas we watched a movie by alex garland i watched a different movie by alex garland it's called men and it stinks oh you didn't like it (laughs) no Nobody liked it. I knew I wasn't going to like this one. The trailer looked like fucking dog shit. Like, everybody thought it was going... It, like, the trailer was a satirical critique of A24 movies, which is what the whole movie feels like. It's just, like, everything's 
metaphorical. They like never give you anything real to root anything in. But I mean, you can tell from the uh, just the trailers. A uh, young woman played by Jesse Buckley, an actress I love, uh, goes to a remote like country estate uh, to spend some time because her husband has killed himself. Um, she's dealing with that trauma. Whole movie's about trauma. Um, every man in the town is played by Rory Kinnear, another actor I like. I do like. I like both of them a lot. Yeah, he shows whole hog. That's pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs> um, I'm really. I'm there's dude. There's a hog renaissance going on mm-hmm. right now. People talking about like the Nicolas Cage renaissance, Brendan Fraser renaissance. Those kinds of you know actors having their own renaissance. I'm just giving it. It's a hog renaissance out here, baby. Yeah, they use too many uh, prosthetic hogs in movies and shows, though. I need real hog. Everybody talks about euphoria, but all all fake hogs. Yeah, stop it, uh, euphoria. One of, the, one of the most famous hog movies, uh, Boogie Nights, fake hog. Show a real cock and balls on screen, euphoria, and I'll watch yeah. an episode. Yeah, let's see what they're packing. You know what? Um, what? Freya from Etheria Film Festival, a lot of cock in it. Mostly photos. But photos are real dicks. We're, t- we're freeing the dick. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, men stinks though. I don't know. There's one scene. I still want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I I did too, even though I knew I wasn't gonna like it, and I didn't like it the whole time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's general review was like, "Thanks, uh, Alex Garland, for once again showing us your in parentheses one of the good ones." But your movie stinks. <laughs> Uh, honestly, made me like his other movies less. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is a real stinker. I couldn't. I I was like being generous when I gave it two stars. I really, really hated this one. But there's just nothing there. It's just everything. It it's it's elevated horror taken to like the worrisome extent of where elevated horror was gonna go. Like kind of like to, like just accelerated to like the meme. Of just being yeah. like, it has become right. Like this it, this feels like a joke about what an elevated, elevated horror yeah. movie is because nothing means anything. There's just like visuals coming at you. Oh man, nothing <laughs> means every or right. nothing means anything because everything means something. So there's yeah. no like clear right. like thesis statement the, or like, yeah. The point the made. point of any of the metaphors is. Nothing. It's just like, oh yeah, so because you're, you're dealing just, with trauma. You're scared because you're dealing. We're just shoving trauma. every metaphor for not, trauma not, into a film. I mean, not to say you shouldn't figure out ways to deal with trauma, I guess, but this ain't it for me. That's fair. I, mean, I don't think that's like too harsh of a criticism to like say that. I mean, yeah, I just didn't want to. You just end up with like, like I'm belittling trauma or something. I don't know, right? But. Yeah, but uh, there's this, a, there's this a, ain't the right way. There's a point to be made where, like, if you have too many messages, even if each individual message is like the right one to be made, like you're just losing something in that delivery because you're just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall at that point. It's, it's, I don't know. Ele- elevated horror, it's reaching a zenith. Got too much. This is bound there's to happen. A reason, there's a reason *Malignant* was the best horror movie last year. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I think that's <laughs> we were ready for it. I think that's true, though. I think a lot of people, like especially within like the horror community, really reacted strongly to *Malignant* because 
everyone was like fucking breath of fresh air yeah the witch comes out and everyone says like holy shit we gotta get that elevated horror stuff has to like that's what it everything is scrambling to do and then james wan comes around and he's like i'm gonna make an american giallo that's so dumb yeah it's the smartest thing to come out that year like yeah. uh pff, more and power to the man he did dude. it he killed it. <laughs> he did it <laughs> anyway let's, um, let's talk about some movies from uh a24's heyday yeah at least one of them well i'm talking uncanny yeah um uh no, that's a lie these are uh two 2015 uh science fiction films in which a third party is brought in to assess an artificial intelligence max don't you tell us about uncanny oh yours is 2014 um specifically I'm, I'm gonna say this ahead of time just so dan doesn't cut me off at the end i'm gonna save one of the twists the 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 post credit twist for when we actually talk details. So it's not in my synopsis like we <laughs> normally would have it. Uh, I Uncanny. forgot about that because I watched these movies two weeks ago. I'm, Uncanny. I'm glad to start thinking directed, about it already. Directed by Matt Luttweiler. Uh, yeah, it was like 20... Was it 2014 or 2015? I think they both released somewhere in 2014 and then actual releases in 2015. Okay. Um, so there you go. Doesn't matter. Right in that Doesn't range. For Mark Webber, Lucy Griffiths, David Clayton Rogers starring with a barely role cameo appearance by uh, Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute himself from The Office. Yeah, the rocker himself is in the movie. Yep. Journalist Joy Andrews has been invited. people remember The Rocker? I do. Okay, good. I saw it in theaters. <laughs> I don't know if I saw it in. Did I see it in theaters? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Keep you probably did. We were ahead. the same age. Go ahead. <laughs> Journalist Joy Andrews has been invited to the mysterious Workspace 18, where former child prodigy scientist David Cresson has been working for a decade. Joy has been given a week's access to David and his secret project, a perfect AI named Adam. Joy spends the week getting to know creator and creation, eventually falling in love with David. At the same time, Adam's behavior becomes increasingly more disturbing and uh, culminating in uh, Adam watching Joy and David make fuck on each other. Adam finally reveals that he is actually David, and David is really Adam. And he he played a switcheroo, and there's some stuff there about how can you, you know... Is it really a whatever a Turing test if you're just straight up lying to everybody right off the bat? <laughs> <laughs> kind of moving the goalposts a little bit, but whatever. Uh, Uncanny does not have a critic rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It does have an audience rating of 46, which is Generous. shockingly high. Generous. Both of these ratings are shockingly high. Letterbox 2.9. Couldn't find any of the financials for it. It wasn't made for much money, I'll tell you that. It, it, very low <laughs> and budget. And it didn't make much money, I'll tell you that. I don't I don't know the numbers either, but there's no way either of those numbers we'll, is high. We'll get more into it. Rain Wilson literally is in three scenes and speaks only twice. Yeah, they, and they, it's they had him for like two hours. Twice in one scene. Uh, Mark Webber is the most famous other person, and his only claim to fame is being Stephen Stills in the Scott Pilgrim movie. Uh, He's in Green Room. Oh yeah, he was in Green Room. Yeah. He's um He's got a couple small roles, but Yeah. I like him in Green Room. He's um I don't like him in this. I like him in Scott Pilgrim, too. He's I love um, that movie. What's the name? I wrote it down. He's in the band. He's like one of the protagonists. That he's Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Well, no, in um In Green Room. In Green Room, no, he's the oh, is he He's one of the, the one of the Nazis who like 
is helping them reluctantly because he was going to escape with the girl that gets killed at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, it's been a while yeah, since I saw it because I, for, I forgot that there were any of the... Fucking love Green Room. Neo-Nazi skinhead guys that were helping them out. Yeah. Anyway, tell um, us about Ex Machina. But he he looks movie. like a budget Reef Spall. That's what I've always thought he looks like. One of our boys, Reef Spall. Um, I was doing some research while you are doing your synopsis. I was pretty sure Josh Gad was in the rocker, and I confirmed Josh Gad was in the rocker. His character's name was Matt Gadman. Oh. His last name was Gadman. His real name was Gad. Uh, really funny That's probably stuff. why I went and saw it, because Josh Gad is the funniest He's so hilarious, person alive. Yeah. Uh, the other movie is Ex Machina 2015, directed by Alex Garland, starring Domhnall Gleeson, Alicia Vikander, and Oscar Isaac. Wow, some names we know. Caleb Smith is a talented programmer who works for Blue Book, the world's dominant search engine and tech company. He wins a trip to the remote home of company CEO Nathan Bateman. Upon arriving, Nathan reveals he's built a ginoid named Ava and wants Caleb to perform a Turing test to demonstrate her AI. Through their tests, uh, Caleb is attracted to Ava and she seems to reciprocate. Ava says Nathan is a liar and she triggers power outages so they can speak unobserved. Caleb becomes incredibly, uh, increasingly wary of Nathan's behavior, including his plan to reformat Ava's memory, effectively killing her. Nathan becomes aware of Caleb's plan to cut the power and escape with Ava, but the plan is already in motion. Nathan knocks Caleb unconscious and Ava kills Nathan. She repairs herself with pieces of earlier gynoids and escapes the facility, leaving Caleb locked inside. Movie had a $15 million budget and had uh, made $36.9 million at the box office. Letterboxed uh, average of 4.0, Rotten Tomatoes Critic at 92, and user of 86. Uh, I did the classic thing where I fuck up the order we say the synopsis is in, so let's talk about Uncanny now. We will. A um, couple things about Uncanny. Technically, it was shot in 2012. Oh. Um, so it was just kind of sitting in there, super low budget. They could never find somewhere to put it out, but... Theoretically, this was made three years prior to Ex Machina, but I'm not going to give them any credit for this shit. This movie sucks. Anyway, I think we open on Rain Wilson just sitting in a room. Yeah, he's just like looking at the main girl entering the facility. I guess um, the the two are play- Adam and David are playing chess. Oh, yeah. For so much fucking chess in this movie. Because I wrote down the fact that Adam calls David a sneaky so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Very fun stuff from the two of them. Good banter. Good um, bants. They're also, it's funny because they're supposed to be like playing chess at a high level. Well, but, one of them is. Right, but he he checkmates him in like the literally most basic way that like was how I learned how to win at chess when I was seven, which was... You just move either a queen and a rook or two rooks and kind of pick off pieces until you get the king running scared. And then you just move down diagonally or one at a time with them stuttered until you check. It's literally so easy. It's the dumbest, dumbest possible fucking way to win. I can't believe it. Um, I wrote down one note uh, while we were in the opening titles. Uh, the casting director for this movie's name was Mike Testa. Uh, yeah, he's a test of my patience. Uh, that's another good joke. Uh, what you. I honed in on was um, this movie came out slightly after the uh, Nope Chuck Testa meme. You remember that? The no. video with the guy. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> the video, it's like a nice guy in the country, 
and uh, he's got a clearly taxidermied like bobcat. And he's like, wow, you probably think a ferocious bobcat's coming after you. Nope, Chuck Testa. And his name's Chuck Testa, and he does taxidermy. You don't remember that video? Nope. That was a famous internet video. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, I don't know. Probably people said it to him a lot. It was a, uh, apparently it was a local commercial. Yeah, it was a local commercial. Okay. They like, got big on the internet. Cause, I mean, it is pretty funny. But I feel for him because uh, I had to go through a lot when the Damn Daniel video came out. A lot of people said Damn Daniel to me. I think I also had a pair of white vans around the same uh, time. Okay, so here's the thing. The Chuck Testa was one of the early, if you guys don't know this, there's the- It's the, insane if you don't, like Max. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know the video, but I know sort of the backstory. So there's the YouTube channel, Good Mythical Morning with Rhett and Link. If you're familiar with it, Rhett and Link, very popular, sort of the bi- two of the biggest YouTubers on the planet. But they got their start on uh, where they would go f- around to little small towns and make- commercials for people and a lot of them started to go viral they eventually got an oh, ifc tv show so this is a setup yes it, somewhat um at least it was made to be like that so that's how they got their start chuck testa was apparently one of their uh commercials they had a tv show on ifc where like it was literally that them going around and making these damn i got got like local news outlets uh reporting on dumb starbucks <laughs> Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Nathan Fielder, dumb Starbucks. Is it dumb Starbucks? Maybe. Stupid Starbucks. Dumb Starbucks, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dumb Starbucks. Yeah, the, the show is called Commercial Kings. Uh, it kind of kickstarted Rhett and Link's whole careers, but that's what they did. Hey, they did a good job, and now they're they, getting paid to do nothing or whatever. I don't know. They do. There was a YouTube show. They got a YouTube show. Yeah. Very, very popular. I try not to keep up with anybody on YouTube who would call themselves a YouTuber. Hmm. So I never know what's going on. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about iDubs. I'm like, I don't know who that is. I ain't gonna learn. You know iDubs. He was he was with uh, doing stuff with H three H three around the t- same time that we were all actually watching H three videos. Thank God! But, I, thank God I didn't sink deeper into that. I just thought Vape Nation was funny at the time. Anyway, we're talking too much about YouTube. <laughs> we got to talk about this fucking bullshit movie. Um. Yeah, I wrote down a note. Rain Wilson, the rocker himself. Um, I don't know. This reporter lady. There's only three characters. It's Adam, David, and uh, Joy. Lady Joy. Um, really hilarious, like biblical names, and then uh, <laughs> and the the character that brings Joy into their sad household. Really, really thought that one through. That's good stuff. Um, but she's a reporter. She's coming to uh, check out this uh, inventor whiz who lives in solitude. Uh, he wants to show her what he's been working on. She's going to write like an expose on his work. Uh, comes in. So everyone's acting like robots immediately. That's really stupid. Um, I think before Adam's the the one that's presented as a robot. Yes. When we Adam first is the there, one. Right? The dark haired guy. He looks like Not a work, generic like 2008 version of what an indie guy looked like wearing just a plain striped yeah but like tech shirt. tech bro indie guy yeah yeah like it's, would not in a band like a guy who goes on the computer yeah it's yeah. he's got kind of kind of flippy t-shirts hair. flippy hair yeah the same striped like uh gray striped sweatshirt that everyone had in high school 
Um, everything was bought at a Pack Sun for thirty dollars. This looks like it's Seattle. They don't have Pacific Sunwear up there. Yeah, they do, baby. Maybe they do. Um, yeah. So David's showing her around. Um, he shows her a bunch of like inventions, and afterwards, she's very politely like, "Why are you showing me this? Yeah. Well, none of this the, is worth it." What's hilarious is he shows her a femur made of metal and it's literally a, a robot bone. And she goes, you're talking about robotics. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I am actually talking about robotics as if that's a normal question. So he's talking like a robot. Yep. And you're like, Oh, this, yeah, he's some tech guy. He's, he's, he's robotic because he only deals with robots or whatever. Um, and she, he has her sit down and talk to Adam. Uh, and she's, she, they talk for a while. He's like asking her what's up and stuff. Like they're just conversing back and forth. And then she gets like concerned because he's being weird, and she just runs up to uh to David. <laughs> she's like, "You got a fucking rain man." This these are quotes from. Yeah. She's like, "You got a damn rain man." These aren't direct quotes, but she does call him a rain man and mm-hmm. says, "You got some Asperger weirdo talking yeah. to me." He's I like, couldn't okay. believe how mean and insane she's she, being. Yeah, she just gets like gets annoyed that David is presumably mentally handicapped, as yeah. far as she can tell. That, that Adam is. Yeah, she's that Adam she's is. mad that David would even make her talk to him like, because how he's dare so you, weird. She basically the the gist of her conversation <laughs> to David at this point is, "How dare you make me talk to your direct quote from the movie Asperger's cousin?" Yeah, and. <laughs> It's a very weird thing for her to be upset about because that is clearly how it's being played. And David's like, no. All those things I showed you before, all those robot bones, they're in his robot body. He's a robot. And she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> she can't believe it. She was talking to a robot. She She's explained already. She studied robotics to yeah. like the level of... I believe having a master's and was she would working have, on her dissertation. She, she would have like she would have had a master's if she ever defended her thesis. Yes, and she just never she just stopped she there. Would, she would have a doctorate if she doctorate. Ever defended yeah, yeah. her thesis. Yeah, and just didn't. But she was that high up in robotics, and not only didn't have any inkling she might be talking to a robot after seeing robot parts. But then is so mad that this robot was acting neurotypical, and, and she's not only does she have basically have a doctorate in robotics as far as this movie's concerned because they treat her like she just has it they're like you're already you're as good as having yeah, it yeah but also she's a journalist she's an and investigative also journalist and, and, she's, she, she's there to write like hard-hitting news pieces on but, tech stuff but doesn't understand anything and takes everything at face value yep. as presented to her but also she was a high-end video game designer because yep. she brings him her video game later. Didn't know what was up with that. So the the movie basically just plays out. I really out. would have liked, around the time, this is around the right time, I would have really liked her uh, her ideas about uh, Gamergate when that all hit the yeah. video game designing uh, investigative journalist. Um, so basically the rest of the movie plays out with just a bunch of very boring conversations. Bro, they literally just walk around and talk. They have the same conversation for the next and, like 35 minutes. And she's just, David and Adam just talk like robots at her. And she the whole time is like, wow. 
and that's like the whole movie and it's really green and it sucks and it, it, a I, lot of I wrote down right after her asperger's blow up i wrote down two notes that i want to bring up one all the acting is dog shit this is going to be a tough one i think my letterboxd review was it's okay that you want to make guys seem robotic but then you have to have a more exciting movie. You can't just have robot people talking yeah. in a vacuum and that's movie. it. But then the next note that I <laughs> I can't I fucking called this movie so early. I wrote down right about that same time. Uh I feel like there's a decent chance Mark Webber is the robot and Adam is real. Maybe they're both robots and Castle is watching it all. I'd never go into a movie trying to figure it out. I think Me it's neither. like the worst way to watch a movie, like trying to solve the twist or anything. It's only a, a movie this fucking bad that I would ever be like, yeah, I wonder if uh, that guy's just a robot too, or they're just <laughs> switching switching up robots or whatever. I think which, it can be that's fun. the fucking twist of the movie. I, I tend to only do it on like worse movies. It's like I'm trying to find anything to keep myself engaged with it. Like a really good movie, like I'm not thinking about it because I'm just like engrossed in what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, that's not here. Uh, yeah, we we find out at some point again that like David brags about how he's like playing chess at like a master's level, and Adam is like a remedial player, but is getting better. And you see Adam get mad a couple times because David seemingly does things just to humiliate him. Yeah, being um, him at chess in a way where he could have had him like six times over. But he chose to draw it out to make it more humiliating. Yeah. Um, and so Joey, for some reason, falls. And I, I literally, I mean for some reason, because there is no chemistry between anyone in this movie. Falls for David. She starts to fall for him after she brings her disc over and he helps her make her video game better. Yeah, that's, they do some that's like, robotics they, thing together. Yeah, that's when they but go up But it looks like they're doing the like a child's robot project well her video game i'm talking about oh, okay yeah he helps her like tune up something in the video game to get it ready for release or something and they, but they do something with it they build a robot that follows yeah, a laser pointer yeah they're doing robots oh yeah they do that yeah it's that thing's insane i don't know why that's in there um but yeah then they go up on the roof and hold hands and she puts her head on his shoulder and i'm like oh my god is she gonna fuck this guy <laughs> yeah and that's i think this is around the note where or the time where i took the note she wait she's falling for young sheldon what? <laughs> uh, uh this is also around the time we see adam watching porno yeah that was my favorite one of my favorite parts of the movie <laughs> adam's just on like one of those like future screens that just like kind of pops up out of nowhere yeah and uh yeah he's watching porn yeah and then he does cool stuff like recommend fuck positions yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah then he um he gifts her an old robot eye and wants her to take it home. And she's like, oh, wow, he gave me a gift, even though he's a robot. Maybe this means something. Maybe there's some sort of new reasoning. Because she's, like, vaguely talking about the Turing test, but I don't even know if they say Turing test. No, I mean, where Ex Machina, like, that is kind of, like, the impetus of our plot. This is just you would think that would be, like, the thing. But, like, she's told, again, similar to, like, in Ex Machina, like, our third party person is told immediately that the other person is a robot. Right. Um, but it's, it seems like she is specifically like her pretense for being there is specifically to write this piece. Um, and they might have like sort of 
secondary motives of it being a Turing test, but it's never explicitly yeah. said in the movie. But uh, so yeah, he he gives her the robot eyes. She thinks it's a nice gift coming from a robot. Uh, we see that he uses it to spy on her in her home and take a weird grainy picture of her butt crack. Yeah. Um, I took another here and like, oh, little perv boy looking at butt cracks. Um, another the, good thing that the robot does, I guess. I don't know. The next day <laughs> is when um, he tries to go into the bathroom while she's in there, uh, and <laughs> David yells at him for it. And I wrote down the quote because it's funny. Were you trying to take a shit? Because the last time I checked, you didn't even have an asshole. He says it in an angry but robotic way, despite being the character that's being presented to me as human at this point. Um, David asks uh, Adam to stay in his room that night uh, because they're going to have a date. He cooks her sushi. Uh, Adam, he looks like he's dressed like he tends bar to speakeasy for some reason. Yeah, but like, yes, speakeasy in the lamest way. He's wearing, (laughs) she's wearing like a sexy red dress because she wants to get rod. And then he's he's wearing yeah like a vest with an ill fitting shirt which yeah, is like it's it's a black very just plain black vest with a white button up dress shirt underneath with the sleeves rolled up. He looks like he's about to make you the worst fifteen dollar old fashioned you've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, earlier that day when he asked to have the apartment to himself, um, Adam uh, or yeah, Adam says to him, "Are you going to have intercourse? If so, I re- recommend the reverse cowgirl position." <laughs> don't know why he said it uh but so joy and david uh have sex well weirdly they they're going to both both for like, reasons and in actual practice she, she won't like make him he won't make a move at first so that they're just standing next to the chessboard after he's made her sushi dinner and she moves the queen and she says mate in two and then kisses him it's just so funny. But uh then he he forces her to explain to him that he's a virgin, which maybe he wanted to come clean that he's a robot, probably not, based on the movie would have you works, believe that but, that David does not know that he is the robot. Yeah, he has something to confess right before they're gonna fuck, and she thinks it's because he was a kid prodigy and then came directly to the secluded place and is telling her he's a virgin, but uh, they have sex anyway. It's just kind of her sitting on him. And yeah. They just kind of hold each other and it's weird. And then you see Adam um, just watching from the doorway. <laughs> just staring at him. Um, but they have yeah. to cheat things towards the camera. So it just obviously just looks like he's staring into a room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, she just keeps the next morning. They wake up and they're all three in the house. Yeah. Adam continues to make sort of like. Uh, you know, untoward comments at the two of them. They get mad about it. They're like, she "Yeah, keeps, we did." She fuck. keeps being super shitty to him in like small ways. She like, just hates that Asperger's kid, dude. <laughs> She's like so mean to what she thinks is a robot for no reason. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Maybe that's why she couldn't defend her thesis. Is she just she hated the robots? Yeah, but so it, finally, the two of them get like like fed up with adam's passive aggressive comments and she's like yes we had sex he was good at it blah 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 uh and then adam attacks the two of them mm-hmm. yeah he freaks out he freaks out he he knocks them both unconscious they come to and they are 
Uh, she is tied to a chair, and David, uh, as, uh, you know, as the movie has been telling us, David is on the table, and Adam's going to do surgery on him. And that's when we find out that Adam is the real David Crescent, who had been pretending to be a robot to, I guess, to perform a real, the real Turing test to see if Joy could recognize that the man that she was explicitly told and had no reason to not believe was David Crescent is actually the robot Adam. Right. Uh, and that's where it's like the logic of this movie aside, right? Right. So the bad logic of the movie, but it was just like, I just kept thinking, it's just like, yeah, cool. And Elise and I were all talking about, it's like, I don't think it really counts if like joy had no reason to not just take everything she was shown at face value because she was explicitly invited to do this like piece on David Crescent. So when she's introduced before anyone else to the man, David Crescent, why would she at all think like, this is a robot? Right. Uh, I mean, that means it's convincingly human, I guess. Sure. Even though me, a casual viewer, could easily tell, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah. They even show you the, like, liquid sack that was in uh, David to be a penis. Most of this scene is spent explaining how he made a convincing robot cock. Yeah. So, like I said, I guessed the twist about 20 minutes into the movie uh they now reveal the twist and then for some reason the movie keeps going for like 15 more minutes yep uh even though that this is it it's just like they're talking more about how it worked yeah and then well this is when rain wilson finally talks yeah so the real david crescent goes he's dismantled uh yeah we've been calling adam the whole movie who's actually david yes so why did they even need to switch names? Doesn't I don't make know. Any sense. There's no reason, to especially because she names. immediately thought Adam was a, a human. I guess. I guess only a be- weird human. Only I guess only because like people already know who David Crescent is, so she can't like introduce him to Adam Crescent and be like, "This is the guy who really did all of this yeah, stuff." Yeah, I guess so. But anyway, so the real David Crescent, who has been Adam for the entire movie, is now talking with Rain Wilson. We've been there the last 15 minutes of yeah, the movie. The, the movie is so much now just them talking about everything that's happened in the movie. Just and holding your hand through. It's really easy to grasp what has happened yeah. here. And they're holding your hand to explain it all in excruciating and, detail. And I, do, like, I don't really know what we're supposed to take of it because we don't learn anything about the real David Crescent at all. But there's like shots of him in during these scenes where it's like he seems sad that he's going to continue doing all of the work that he was willing to go through all these lengths for because it's like oh yeah well uh we're gonna move military just called you want to do you want to do this for the military he's like yeah okay it's like yeah i'll do it and that's it and that's whatever like yeah if uh she stole that eye as far as the police knows if if she ever tries to blow the whistle on us we got her on that yeah, and they, I think they have her sign an NDA or something. Like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's sign, bizarre. Sign an NDA, even though she was writing an investigative journalistic the whole, piece. The whole thing is so fucking weird. It's yeah. it's just, they didn't know how to end their movie, so they did this. Yeah. Anyway, we get credits start rolling. Yeah. Then there's a mid credit scene of yeah. Joy 
Taking a pregnancy test. Oh my god! Because Robot David was full of cum apparently and has gotten her pregnant. <laughs> and I guess the implication. I guess there's two ways to read this. One extremely fantastical that she is having a robot baby, and I that feel is like that's robot what, cum. I feel like that's what they want you to believe is that somehow miraculously life found a way. Right. The real way to read this is that the real David Cresson, yeah. who was pretending to be the fake David Cresson's Asperger cousin yeah. the entire time, has filled this robot with his cum. Right. And Effectively raping her and yes. yeah, f- forcing a non-consensual birth. Very, no, no matter pregnancy. how you splice it, it is ex- either an extremely unnecessarily bizarre ending to this movie. And I'm somebody who has been on the record for loving schlocky, hokey bullshit endings, uh, or just an incredibly disgusting, horrifically mean way to end what had been for the most part, a pretty toothless movie. Yeah. Weird ending, no matter what. Uh, there's nothing good here. Nope, not really. All, all of the ideas are uh, visited much better in Ex Machina. I guess I There's I'll no say, reason to watch this movie unless you're doing a twin film podcast. It's competently put together in sequence. The editing is fine. The movie moves. Hey, sometimes and, you just gotta say, "Wow, they did it! They made a movie." <laughs> yeah, the, wasn't good. <laughs> you shouldn't see it, but they, hey, they got it done. They got they everybody there every day. I've seen plenty of movies that were made and made poorly. This one's made all right. They just made a bad one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, not even yeah, not even bad enough for it to be fun. No, not really. It's. Just I mean, boring. it could easily be fun. If everybody wasn't acting movie. like robots the whole yeah. time, it was and there was campier. Something. Something. I mean, we, I don't, I don't need to watch these same the, these three people have the same conversations for ninety minutes. That's all there is. It's there's three conversations just done over and over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's equal. We're we'll take a little break and get into it, but there's equal amount of not a lot of stuff happening in Ex Machina, but at least it's really good performances, and isn't like repeated conversation yeah yeah it's like moving yeah Yeah. all right we'll take a break or whatever pin the the address to him just (laughs) take care of this dog find your way home if if found, stuff. please bring to North Carolina. <laughs> Somebody finds it like six houses down <laughs> from here. Yeah, what's yeah. going on? It could be a good movie, Dumb and Dumber style movie. Where... Oh, that would be a good movie. Like, <laughs> it yeah, just like... a nice guy down the street who he like beats you to your house and thinks you didn't make it or something. I like that would be such a fun. It's already basically the plot of Dumb and Dumber. Well, no, I'm thinking like just like as like a 
a gag in their beginning of a movie like dumb guy trying to move doesn't know what i so he pins his ad his new address onto the dog right that's maybe yeah exactly right so he leaves and then that just becomes like the c plot of the movie as a visual gag you keep checking into yeah is yeah the dog hitchhiking just because of this note all the way to north (laughs) where like people keep adding to it yeah the dog gets a ride with um the uh the bikini squad from the end of dumb and dumber yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah just like silly shit like that where it's like either like one person takes him the whole way and they like they have their own adventure or just like takes him like a third of the way there and, and like adds what drove him from here to here like please continue yeah. like if found please continue to take me to here we, yeah we want a comedic version of the entire channing tatum movie dog but we want it as a C plot in a the jerk style comedy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was actually going on with shithead the whole time he's not <laughs> on screen in the jerk? I'm gonna try and find a way to keep this in this episode. <laughs> you should name that dog shithead. Man, I love the jerk. Dude, that movie's so good. He hates these cans. <laughs> I fucking love that movie, dude. And Emmett Walsh is such a good. A crazy guy shooting. He is. Yeah. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Talking next Machina now. Uh, this is another tough one to review because it's been like two weeks since I watched it. Luckily, I had seen this one already. I don't think it's that um, tough to review. And I'll tell I'm you just, why. I'm just saying because I'm going to forget some of the, Oh, the, well, also the, you watched it twice within yeah, three that's, days. That's what I'm getting to. Okay. I, watch, I had to watch it twice. Uh. The first time I had been at happy hour and uh, for no apparent reason, uh, usually I drink beers. Instead, I decided to drink a couple of beers and then like six Long Island iced teas and I got really drunk. And then I threw this movie on. It was appropriate since uh, Domino Gleason claims to live in Brookhaven, Long Island. I was drinking the drink of his people. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't. I took like four notes. One of the notes was just like Domino. Uh, it just because I like Domino Gleason, I was excited to see him. Another one of the notes was me accusing uh this movie of ripping off Neon Genesis, Neon Genesis Evangelion because of the name Ava. <laughs> just some not not good notes from Drunk Dan. So, so yeah, yep, I, mean, I better do my due diligence and watch this one again. Just found just was hanging out with friend of the podcast Ali over the weekend. He was recounting that that apparently like halfway through the movie he had turned to you and was like, "Shouldn't you be taking notes?" Like, because <laughs> I haven't seen you take any. Uh, yeah, I had already uh, stopped taking notes by that point. Whenever that yeah, was. the two of us we've both already seen this movie. Yeah, this is one we see. This is one we like. Yeah, it's really good. My point. Uh, I would my, say probably the best. Alex Garland directed movie. I like this a little more than Annihilation. Definitely I don't know. like both, it more than Men. They're both really close up there for. Speaking of, have you watched Devs? His no, FX show. Uh, I've heard uh, some really good things, and I've heard it starts good and kind of falls off pretty hard. I really kind of just heard all the hype about like when it was starting, where people were like. But that's pretty typical of any new, like, kind of hyped up show where everyone's like, this is the best show ever. And then no one really, I mean, it kind of, I think the first season's pretty short. I want to say it's maybe like six episodes. So I didn't know if it was just kind of like it, the hype came and went because it was a short time span or if it just kind yeah, of I fell don't off. Know. Uh, you know, I'm not into like movie minded TV shows, like mm. prestige TV shows, because I'd 
rather just watch a, a good movie. movie than like an eight to ten hour season of TV that's just fair, just like a crappy movie. Uh, real quick, what you been watching? Boob Tube Edition. I forgot we had a name for it. Boing, 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 boing. Uh, just watched the first episode. Just premiered of Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal. Yes, I uh, need it's, to watch it's just as good as you hope it's gonna be. What, uh, my can, boy, can absolutely me... using uh, the HBO budget to its maximum point. Give yeah, us, great. give us kind of like a pretty concise kind of pitch of what it is, because I know he was. They were very cagey about sort of like the premise. So it's like even if you go on Wikipedia, it's still sort of like the one sentence blurb of. Yeah, well, now the show's out. I mean, you you could tell what was going on pretty well from the um the like actual trailer that came out like two three weeks ago. Okay. Um. He <laughs> he gets people who have some sort of problem, uh, which you should understand means just random freaks he finds on the internet. Yeah, uh, similar. To, it, it's all the sensibilities you like about Nathan for you, uh, but he hones in on one person each episode. Um, they have some sort of problem. Uh, the first episode, it's uh, about a fifty-year-old man who. Uh, has to come clean with his bar trivia team because 12 years ago when he became friends with them, he told them he had his masters and it's somehow blowing up in his face. So he wants to confess to them that he has never actually had his masters. Uh, in order to do this, <laughs> they stage literally everything. They take like snapshots of this guy's house to have conversations in, they build a whole set of the guy's house just so Nathan can rehearse talking to the guy for the first time. Okay. And then they build an exact replica of the bar where he's going to uh, confess. So like literally the entire, yeah. The, so they can all rehearse of the events and stuff. Yeah. They, so it's, they hire an actress to learn the mannerisms of the woman he's going to confess to and pretend to be her in different scenarios. Like one where it goes good, one where it goes bad, one where they get interrupted by the bartender. So he's trying to help these people kind of approach sort of, quote, daunting life events. But of course, they're not real issues by saying we are going to manufacture this entire event for you so that by the time you actually have to do it, you've already done it and it'll go exactly this way. Yes. Hopefully. They also, man, it's so fucking funny in the first episode. Um, they're worried that, so when they're doing it, they're like actually having trivia at the rehearsal bar. And one time when he doesn't know all the answers, he gets really flustered and can't deliver the bad news, his confession. So Nathan decides he knows the guy won't cheat at trivia, but he wants him to know the answers anyway. So he uh, finds elaborate ways to teach him all the answers in their day-to-day life by taking him on walks. Like they go up to, uh, they're just walking and they see a police officer with a barricade. They're like, oh, what happened here? The officer's like, yeah, guy's in there with a gun. He just shot somebody in the head. It's days like these. I wish the Chinese hadn't invented gunpowder. <laughs> that was that was the quote that was making its round on Twitter. So, but he sets up a so full... He sets up a full Slumdog Millionaire yes, for the guy. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible stuff. I, I, I hope people realize now, in, not in like finally, but in this moment of Nathan Fielder, that he is truly 
like you should be talking about Nathan Fielder, how old people, older people talk about like Andy Kaufman being like a next level, just like above everyone else by leaps and bounds comedic genius. The the only other show on right now that I think is like as smart and funny at the same time is uh, How To with John Wilson, which is like executive produced by Nathan Fielder as well. Like. Well, they he's, were on... he's the guy, man. He's what was the fucking that, uh, guy of our time. What was that? Um, the the H. other John Benjamin showed. Uh, John Benjamin has a van. Oh yeah, yeah, was yeah, another, yeah. Oh, like, I forgot about that show. Uh, Nathan Fielder was involved in that. It was another similar like man on the street sort of like let's get people into weird situations and uh, he's just yeah. I mean, he's just the, incredible. The, the only other guy who I think is doing it at Nathan's level right now. And it's a completely different thing, but is similarly the comedic voice of our times is Connor O'Malley. Uh, he's going yeah. maximalist instead of minimalist with it. But those those are the guys, man. Those those are the guys. They they see the world. They see culture in a way that and, uh, uh, pea brains can't comprehend. I would, I would until honestly they show it to us. I think I believe the show's over now, but I would also say Joe Para is yeah. like up there it's just like some people and Connor O'Malley is involved with Joe Para yeah. so yeah should should just got like canceled by Adult Swim those like four guys ago, which is fucking insane really find, sad find all four of the people that we're talking about if you don't know them already and make sure you're paying attention to what they're doing cuz it's top notch yeah. every single time if the Connor O'Malley his newest video ever gets re-uploaded to YouTube that's much watch, must watch content he makes a shitting device in his van and then travels the desert on a psychedelic journey. But we digress. We're talking about guys. Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina. I would say that this movie is easy to review because of how uh, smartly simplistic it is. Yeah. There is not a lot going on. So I I firmly think like this is not a movie and we're necessarily going to get into the nuts and bolts of like our actual like plot nuts and bolts here. what are you making a robot <laughs> that was yeah uh <laughs> but so we start with um our main character Domino Gleason. name is caleb he's at his job he wins he's a contest wanted, an internal yeah. contest of some it, sort this part's really good watching it twice in such quick succession um because right when he's like winning the contest we see like from the computer's point of view and it's sending back out at him like a heat map of his reaction and stuff and it's something you could easily notice i'm i'm or easily miss i missed it on the first watch but twice so close together um because it doesn't really come back until like the climax of the movie when he's having it out with uh oscar isaac at the end that like his whole life has been studied he was chosen to be here at this contest um yeah the computers already gotten everything they need from him and they selected a prime candidate for this study that's such a big important part of this that's mm-hmm. kind of like the tertiary message that our phones and devices fucking know everything about us already uh yeah i'm saying this into a microphone looking at uh the camera on my laptop <laughs> right now. So uh minor comedy podcast for any Google employees listening. Uh yeah. Uh but yeah, so he he wins this contest where he has won a week at um 
Nathan, do they say his last name? Do you remember it? I can't remember no, it. Doesn't matter. Anyway, he's he's the Steve Jobs of this tech company, basically yeah. that Caleb works at. He's, he's gonna be uh, flown out to this guy's compound for a week to he, hang he out owns, with him. Work. He owns with a him. company called Blue Book. That's the biggest search engine. It's ninety five percent of all searches go through this website. So um, effectively, the Google of whatever, but somehow like even bigger than Google. So now Caleb's got- on the way, and. Uh, you get a kind of we get a little bit of world building where Caleb's like, "Wait, how long until the estate?" And the guy's like, "We've been flying over the estate for the last forty-five minutes in this helicopter, so we know this estate is huge." Oscar Isaac's character Nathan is incredibly rich. It's insane, whatever. So he lands, cool, super futuristic house in the middle of nowhere. I think where they say they are, they're in a weird country, right? Yeah, I don't remember exactly where they somewhere, are. Somewhere like Eastern Europe or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember but, um, which country they picked. But. They kind of spend some time getting to know each other. The house very is so, so sick. Briefly. It's built, just the fact that like it's built up against a mountain and like the natural rock of the mountain is like one of the walls of the house looks so fucking sick. It's, yeah, I mean, it's legitimately one of the coolest uh, architectural like features I've ever seen in anything. There's a guy, I remember we like, on a family trip, we like visited a like family friend, and his basement was like a full like wood shop, but it had a natural rock like wall down there in his basement. Yeah, it's sick. It was fully finished except for that wall, and that that's very cool. Um, <coughs> so Nathan's kind of showing him around. He gives him a key card, kind of shows him like if you put your key card on a door and it doesn't open. That's not for you. Just don't worry about it. If it does open, you can go to anywhere that this uh, key card opens. That's all you. Blah, blah, blah. Then Nathan's pretty much like, I'm going to cut to the chase. Do you know what a Turing test is? Caleb's like, yeah, of course. Nathan's like, all right. For for the audience, if you don't know, uh, a a person uh, assessing artificial intelligence to see if uh uh it behaves fully as human yeah basically you if you put a like programmer or anyone an engineer typically would be doing one you set them down and have them chat with someone on through text and if if the engineer can't tell that he's talking to an ai you've successfully created artificial intelligence congratulations you've done it well that's why Caleb's here. Mm-hmm. Nathan has created Ava, who is a fully functioning AI in a like uh lady humanoid suit. body. Yeah. Um she's got a lady's face. And Shiva Kander's face. He's gonna have Caleb talk with Ava over the course of the week and pro- you know, do a Turing test. Except they're gonna be doing it face to face and he's gonna know that Ava's an AI the entire time. Uh, Caleb has questions about whether, like, why would you do that? That kind of, like, destroys the point. And he's like, no, I already know that she's a convincing AI. I need to see if you believe, basically, like, can, is she so convincing that she tricks you into thinking she actually is a real person? Right. Uh, over the course it, it, of these conversations. Says if, if I had you talk to her from behind a wall, she'd pass, no questions asked. Uh, what I'm really testing is you. I, I can just tell her you she's a robot, and 
I hope I still can make you forget. Yeah, and he's there's some like um suggestive and not so suggestive comments about what like he's basically trying to get him to like fall in love with Ava even though she's a robot kind of thing and we get a good deal later on Uh, uh, he describes the robot vagina uh, which he says uh, it it works (laughs) if you do the right stuff to it it's gonna make her feel pleasure Uh, (laughs) you can fuck it yeah then we also meet Kyoko who is basically another uh, I guess an earlier version of Ava yeah or a different one who's like programmed more as just a she seems to have sort of like housekeeper duties but Nathan also uses her as a sex doll yeah it's weird because which is the gross part of the movie I I forgot until the reveal when she uh, like pulls off her skin later when Kyoko does around the climax I was like oh yeah I guess we were supposed to think she's a normal human yeah I, f- I forgot the second time watching this and then in the third time until the point when she makes that reveal that I wasn't supposed to know she was a robot the whole time. And I really can't remember the first time I watched it. Now it feels so obvious that she was always a robot. It doesn't even feel like a reveal. Yeah, it's, it's just like she's a robot too. It's I, I can't remember that, um, the first time if I assumed she was human or not. It's something that on like multiple viewings does sort of like lose um its effectiveness because i i I specifically do remember the first time watching it that like kyoko's presence does effectively serve as just in a moment of like what is going on here so like as she gets introduced it's kind of around the same time that we're we are learning along with caleb that nathan might not be exactly who he presents as and that there's something more kind of going on here i mean he's who he presents as he's just a bad guy (laughs) right but but (laughs) caleb doesn't know that i guess caleb's like kind of learning because um when we first meet nathan he's he mentions that he's recovering from a hangover and caleb's like oh you have a big party here last night and you kind of it's easily inferred that no he was just drinking alone you find out that nathan's an alcoholic but i think Kyoko gets um, introduced just slightly before. So you're like, well, now there's this like weird housekeeper woman who's not not speaking at all. Kyoko's not even there yet because she comes in the next morning. She just like is in Donald Gleason's room and that wakes up. So it's just kind of like a weird thing. But shortly after you have Ava. Well, I guess it should be mentioned that there are these sort of like rolling power outages that Caleb hasn't figured out why they're happening. Yeah, we find him in his second talk with Ava, his second full day there. And that apparently Ava is the one causing the outages. Find that out quite a bit later on. Yeah. And that, uh, but during one of these outages, Ava says that Nathan's a bad guy. Nathan's a bad guy. You can't trust him. Everything he says is a lie. Start questioning it. Figure out what's like really going on here. Um, and so that kind of like kicks off our main conflict is just Nathan and Caleb sort of or Caleb trying to kind of get to the bottom of what Nathan's actually doing. And well, it's, it's way more important until the climax. It's just that 
Caleb's becoming more and more wary of Nathan's behavior because he's uh, abusive and I mean being like tos- toxically masculine to Kyoko and to Ava. Um, so he, he, yeah, he's just becoming more and more wary of his behavior. At the same time, he's growing more and more fond of Ava. At the beginning, he's immediately he has like a love at first sight moment, which is weird because the love is for like technology. He can't believe that he's witnessing something like this. That's real. Yeah. He's just like completely enraptured by the fact that Ava exists. As they talk more as he thinks of her as like this injured thing, he's got to protect from what he's realizing is an increasingly unstable master. Uh, His fondness grows to like infatuation and love. I feel like actual love rather than just like love of, the idea of the technology yeah. but it's a we also find out that ava i mean unsurprisingly is not his first effort uh caleb stumbles upon or finds videos where uh nathan has been testing other versions that don't go so well and also kind of scaringly are like begging to be set free yeah, and we, we see the one weird test of the like um like eastern european female gynoid um who uh like let me out he's just still trying to ask his questions she just keeps demanding let me out and then she's scratching at the uh the like plexiglass or whatever wall until her like hands are completely ripped off of her body yeah um caleb also eventually finds that nathan is keeping all of the previous models in like a these like closets in his bedroom um and then he finds out that you know at the end of the week once the test is complete that he is will have gotten all of the information he needs out of ava and out of caleb and that ava will be destroyed partially refragmented and then applied to the next version which just can onwards and upwards making newer better versions as far as uh donald gleason's concerned doing that would effectively kill her she's already obviously to him passed the test developed real artificial intelligence uh now taking that away from her would effectively kill her in his mind and since he has grown to seemingly love her uh can't let that happen right before this is when she puts on her cute outfit for their date she even calls it a date uh she's (laughs) yeah she asks him to come back the next day and they'll talk about something dom dom gleason says it's a date yep and then uh they they go on on dates he going on robot dates so this kind of like kicks off our main action is domino gleason gets uh caleb gets nathan very drunk goes in there kind of reprograms the well that's so that's just from what we're being told at the time that's just when he finds the the tape and stuff of all the right and he he hatches the plan with ava earlier that day um that the next day they'll uh reprogram the key card so uh a power outage instead of locking everything down causes everything to open um he's he's saying he's going to put that plan in action the next day oscar isaac finds out his whole plan because he secretly put in a battery operated device so he can hear them even during the uh, power outages um and they confront each other um in that last day when he's supposed to get him drunk oscar isaac just won't drink and uh they they have a big fight about it about how he's uh 
like I said earlier, he's uh, Oscar Isaac says, you got the light on you, man. Not lucky chosen. Then he's saying like, we picked you specifically. He, uh, Oscar Isaac even asked if they designed, uh, it was like a crushing moment, even though he's already, he already knows he's like one step ahead. He's still like crushed. But by he's still losing news. because he's, he didn't realize that it was like Oscar Isaac is saying chosen. Cause he, right. he starts asking, well, he's like, Oh, did you, did you design her face based on my pornography profile? <laughs> they just let that one linger, but the implication is, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's, you're here for a very specific reason, which Oscar Isaac Nathan tells him is like, the real test was not you here testing it, you know, you know, seeing if you could, like, it was whether or not Ava could successfully manipulate you oh. into falling in love with her and betraying me to help her escape he says ava's a rat in a maze i only gave her one exit and that's you using you on the outside to help her get out of here and she did that so she <laughs> wins like thank th thank you for doing this yeah. see you later have a good day there's, there's also that that same first drunken night when domino's going crazy because kyoko's revealed that she's a robot uh so he's like looking into his eyes and stuff, trying to look for robotic stuff. And yeah. he, he cuts his own arm open and is digging around in there to make sure he's not a robot. That's, that's all good stuff. That's like a big part of like the horror aspect mm -hmm. where we get into a little, just for a second body horror of like, Oh my God, am I well, the, fucking yeah, one of these guys? This, like, you're, you're kind of like on Caleb is a, is a very effective audience surrogate in that you are at least on first viewing on this ride with him of this sort of just like internal paranoia of like what is happening as the mystery unravels in front of him, even though the, it's not a grand mystery, it's a very small contained movie, but you know, you're on that ride with him just kind of like having this weird housekeeper and what's going on with that. And then Kyoko revealing that she's, um, uh, you know, a ginoid and just Nathan being this sort of like, every day revealing more of his true nature and he's a he's a weird guy from the beginning but like he you know presents as a pretty like cold evil person at the end but it's at least to caleb he does and to the audience but it's he's kind of just a man of science he's there is no emotion in any of this and right. caleb's a very emotional person right um but yeah, so the the plan goes off because uh, all that stuff that he was saying he was going to do that night, he did the night before. So Ava is out. Uh, Oscar Isaac gets pissed off, knocks Domino Gleason unconscious. One punch. <laughs> One punch, yeah. He's a little baby guy. Um, he uh, he empties the weights off of a dumbbell and like has that as like a bludgeoning weapon to go out there um, because Ava is free now and trying to uh, actually get her freedom. Um, they have a lost in translation moment where she whispers something to Kyoko. Uh, it seems that they've decided to work together because Kyoko stabs, uh, Oscar Isaac with the, uh, sushi knife. Um, he, he kind of like backs into, into the knife a little bit, but she's behind him and yeah. he's kind of staggering yeah. away from, a from Ava. Oh Ava. yeah. That's after Ava like attacks him and he uh he rips her arm off and they're like grappling and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, he backs into the knife from Kyoko and then he like bashes N Kyoko all the way off. in. Yeah, and then um Ava takes the knife and man, smooth like fucking butter that knife goes in. Ava stabs him and it he looks dies, so man. and I don't 
I, I'm hoping the intention is I will give Alex Garland enough credit that it's just like the strength of the gynoids because right. I mean that's at least how it reads to me and what the like cool reading of it is is just like they that knife just goes in with such little it, effort it's and so, so satisfying smoothly. for some reason I, I think one of two things I bet it's intentional because in this movie at least I trailed Alex Garland to be doing everything intentionally and good and it's not just a bad effect of like a plastic knife I, I think it's either the strength of the gynoid she's a robot thing and can transmit her power very easily it's either that or a combination of that and since she's a working computer understands uh the human anatomy in such a way that yeah. she's slipping perfectly between bones to deliver a lethal cut with precision either way um either way it, for some reason that knife is so satisfying going in uh also he's a bad guy so um but uh then we have really soft quiet moment where um uh domino comes to uh she says to him very simply will you stay here he just says stay here in disbelief she walks off uh nice music is being played as she goes and uh uses the discarded gynoids uh bodies and skin to cover herself up put on a nice outfit and then she walks right on out of there uh the the music is like it's so nice and light like as if predicting a lovely life to come for her that you can't help but think is not going to happen. And like, it's, it's so nice. And like, um, Terrence Malick, in these moments, they are like, Oh, something bad's going to go happen. Well, yeah. And but, it's, um, but it's not to her. Yeah. It's, it's not, to it's her. juxtaposed by the fact that like, as this scene is developing, you're, you realize that she is trapped. Caleb in the facility but not even like in the facility it's like in in where she Nathan's kept, yeah. office yeah. like where he has access to nothing so he will just die and then within slowly over the course of the next week yeah. um but Which yeah then, seems to also lead credence to the fact that Nathan was right yeah absolutely. I mean 100% Nathan Ava, was right Ava had no interest in Caleb whatsoever that it, she was very literally a rat in a maze yep. that had one ex- her exit and um, she achieved that goal. The, uh, the music again, uh, it goes from that soft and light and it starts swelling up as she's walking down the hall to the exit and he's watching her through a door and, uh, builds to a fucking absolute crazy swell, like blowing out the speakers and stuff going crazy. The door shuts behind her and, uh, uh, music all cuts out and, uh, she's, gone to an unnamed city just somewhere in the world and she just kind of blends into a crowd uh good movie <laughs> it is a very good movie uh this movie i think what's so successful about it and so good is not only is she like perfectly masterminding her plan and outsmarting caleb she's also like outsmarting the audience like it feels like a betrayal to you through your audience surrogate in Caleb when she's you're just like well why she couldn't she just let him go too even if she's not interested and it's like well one she doesn't care she's a cold and calculating machine yeah and two he could blow the whole thing for her or at the very least come with her and annoy her all the time yeah. because he wants to be with her still uh, she successfully I, like honeypotted him made him fall in love to attain her freedom I I, I also sort of enjoy that there's um, I don't know how to put it other than, you know, 
maybe this isn't the best thing, but there's this sort of sort of like tragic vindication for Nathan as well, because yeah. it's like he's made out to be the villain the entire time. And I don't think Ava's a villain at all, but it, you know, you're thinking she like did exactly what she was created. Yeah. To do, like, yeah. and Nathan, I'm not saying Nathan's a good person. He's clearly not the way that he's, yeah, he's a bad, shown to abuse. He's a bad guy, but he was the right ginoids, the whole time. But like, he's not the villain that Caleb are the audience is made to think that he is. Right. Uh, because Ava did exactly what, Nathan specifically said that she was designed to do. That was her entire goal. Caleb's, Caleb is already like a better dressing down of a quote unquote nice guy than, yeah. than men is, which the whole point of men is like not all guys, yeah, but like made into evil monsters. Um, whereas Caleb's already like you identify with him so much as your audience surrogate, you're tricked along with him by Ava on your first viewing. I, I assume I think so. I was cause the movie I mean, is super I, effective. I, I think that's absolutely the yeah. cur- a great reading of Caleb as a character. I, I still don't want that. him to be dead, but he's, no, he was so focused. Of course this robot loves me. But I'm no, the first guy she's yeah, seen and you right. have this connection and stuff. But. It's a, it's a fantastic distillation of that nice yeah. guy character of just thinking, I, this has to be what this woman right. is thinking and feeling and wants because that's what I believe she wants. And now I'm going to instill those things onto her, no matter what I'm being told either by her or in this case as well, Nathan, the person who literally programmed her <laughs> yeah, to do these ma- things. Truly made her. Um, yeah. I, I think Ex Machina is great. It's a hell of a fucking debut for Alex Garland, who at least directorially he's, He's been around writing stuff forever. Yeah. Like that's he cut his teeth writing wrote, novels wrote, and wrote then the screenplays. Script for, um, Twenty-eight days later, mm-hmm. amazing script, great movie. Well, and he made his um, kind of got notoriety. He wrote um the uh the novel The Beach yeah. in the nineties, which was made into the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Um, pretty mediocre movie. Pretty but, mediocre uh, movie. The the book. Okay. I mean, not, not even like clearly it, got like, all the stuff. Movie was like a misstep. It just like yeah. He had Leo at the perfect time, and somehow it got squandered. But he wrote Sunshine, which I think is a fairly underrated Danny Boyle yeah. space horror Sunshine's that I've talked good. about in a What You've Been Watching. Um, I think I did, too. He wrote fucking <laughs> Dread, one of my favorite Oh, yeah. I knew we talked about movies. it once already for the podcast. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wrote, you wrote uh, Dread screenplay. Which I, I, I think he's a fantastic, fantastic writer. I, I mean, I haven't seen Min yet, but like... Writing wise and the way he kind of sets up characters and stuff seems pretty good. He may be proving to have some crutches that he may not be able to get away from, at least directorially. Um, but I, I, I still think he's a phenomenal just, writer. Just Alex Garland, please take the uh, make a movie that's not about how you're one of the good ones challenge. Well, so he's please, got. Um, please just make a movie about something completely different. This with very very little known about it but his next movie is another a24 distro um called civil war yeah. which is an action epic film set in the near future um got kirsten dunst wagner mora steph stephen mckinley henderson kaylee spaney carl glissman love kirsten dunst sonoya mizuno who plays kyoko yeah. he she's one of his like people she's in a lot of his movies uh small roles but she's in most of his movies she was in that weird um 
Netflix TV show I watched where it's um, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Maniac. And like in a maniac, yeah, they're in a psychic, psychotropic drug study thing. Anyway. It's kind of cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do we know what we're doing next week? It's your turn to pick. You tell me. I haven't picked, so you'll we'll do something next week. <laughs> you'll find out next <laughs> week. You'll find out next week. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been Doubled Feature. I am Max. That has been Dan. You can follow the podcast uh, at Doubled Feature on Twitter, Doubled Feature on Instagram. You can send an email to Doubled Feature podcast at gmail.com you can also follow dan and myself on letterboxd and twitter dan's at danny jankum i am at mac underscore dead if you want to see our reviews and stupid shit we tweet and retweet and talk about on there and um thank you ryan at ryan laser for our theme music we love you buddy and Sam at Hero Institute for our logo you can read Sam's webcomic and listen to his previous episode of our uh podcast here we talked about ants and a bug's life but uh he does a comic called life of a stepdad over on his twitter and website we also do a web comic together called nerds day it's about dungeons and dragons follow that uh please like and subscribe to the podcast where you can there's all kinds of places you can do it we appreciate it um you can also rate and review the podcast on all kinds of different places if you give us good ratings that helps us out get a bigger audience we'll start making money off those cameos reviewing movies and one minute one to five minute increments that's right dude uh well, one to five dollars at a time yeah anyway dan you got any last words for the people uh i forgot to bring up the fact that oscar isaac uh brings up the scene in ghostbusters where he he sums up ghostbusters as you know the movie dan Aykroyd receives oral sex from a ghost great scene uh it's good in this too love it Double feature. Double feature. Double feature. Double feature. Double feature.